0: Well, it's, <laughs> it's you know, uh, eighty-five down here.
1: Yeah, nice. It was like in the upper sixties or something uh, last week. We have these little weird days where it it shoots up and then shoots right back down to the thirties and forties. But yep, <laughs> yeah, I'm still, oh, I think, man. recovering from my weekend of like just work what, and
0: being <laughs> being awake for like twenty four hours. Yeah, Saturday into Sunday.
1: Probably yeah, pretty much. Like Saturday night the one of the the other kid woke up like with croup, like and couldn't breathe and like couldn't get a good breath and was just like panicking and doing that like harp 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 kind of cough. Oh bud. Uh, Yeah. And so <laughs> and like we are not emergency room people. We are like sleep it off people (laughs) you know like it takes a (laughs) lot for us it takes a lot for me like sarah would probably if there were two people like sarah we'd be at the in the er all the time but oftentimes it's like nah nah, just let him go back to sleep and if he's still doing in the morning then we'll make a doctor's appointment and go in next week whenever that is it's like that's the kind of people that we are and so it was really that i i mentioned that just to uh let it let you know just how bad it actually was that i did go at three in the morning to the er and Jeez. sat there with them until about i don't know six or 6 30 and then got home and crashed until like 9 30 when i had to go to this odyssey of the mind practice mm-hmm. and i was just like so loopy and then on top of all that mm-hmm. like inevitably we all get what he gets now we're past croup age but we still got whatever crud led to get him getting the croup and so everyone's like coughing and you hear you can hear my voice that it's like you know I've got some sort of cold or affliction and, and so yeah that's also added a whole other layer of sleepiness to my the first half of my week so yeah that's that's where I am so it might be a little <laughs> might be a little loopy today okay I, hey you know
0: sometimes our loopy episodes are our best ones
1: yeah that's true you never know <laughs> <laughs> or it might just be weird yeah. and rambly and off putting
0: patreon is getting fed today that's for sure yeah um all right should we get going might as well yeah all right welcome to no hugging no learning it's a show about one thing
1: watching curb your enthusiasm for the first time i'm tim murphy and i'm ted hollowell and today we will be talking about season five episode seven the Seder. but before that what's the deal with stuff from our last episode the smoking jacket Basically, we just wanted to know about Wilson's wish to see a naked woman that the Make-A-Wish Foundation would not grant him. Uh, I did a little bit of independent research before reaching out and getting some answers from our Make-A-Wish connection. So, uh, yes, I did get those. But here's what I found from the official fact on the Make-A-Wish website. Each Make-A-Wish chapter follows specific policies and guidelines for granting a child's wish. The physician also plays a major role in determining whether the child's condition will permit a particular wish to be coordinated safely. Make-A-Wish staff members work closely with the wish child's physician to determine the most appropriate time to grant the wish, keeping in mind the child's treatment protocol or other concerns. So that was like, are there restrictions on any Make-A-Wish? And that's basically their very diplomatic answer is like, uh, well, no, basically what the doctor thinks is okay and other policies, other unnamed policies. So they don't necessarily say no naked women. A random internet person said, I think this was on Reddit, a thread about, again, this this question pops up a lot, as you might imagine. So uh, this random internet person answered it uh, thusly. They wouldn't be a make-a-wish kid. Kids are selected based on their illness and the wish they want fulfilled. The foundation doesn't just pick a kid and let them wish for whatever they want. So they kind of uh... know the wish beforehand, which makes sense because whenever, whenever we, like a wish was granted or whatever they already knew what it was like remember those ceremonies that we always yeah. I, I was never a part yeah. of one but they would happen and it'd be like yes you are going to disney and just like your wish was so they already know what it is and they already okay. know if they're going to grant it or not so the, the wilson wouldn't go oh i'm a make-a-wish kid my wish is to see a naked woman he would write to make a wish and say i want to see a <laughs> naked woman and they would you would never hear from them there's um, gotta
0: be there's gotta be another organization then that you know Picks up. I don't want to say where Make a Wish leaves off because Make a Wish does a lot of good, you know. Oh but yeah. May- maybe picks up the wishes of these kids who have non going to Disney World wishes, who have right. non meeting John Cena wishes. <laughs> you
1: know, like yeah.
0: What's your, what's your wish, Jimmy? I want to get high with Snoop Dogg.
1: There you go. Yeah, and like, maybe he lives in a state exists, where right? And maybe he lives in a state where it's legal. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I don't know what the age limit is on some of that stuff but yeah I mean I I there that's a great question there I would be surprised if there isn't some sort of rebel make a wish If there isn't foundation. Tim would you
0: like to start this 501c3 I'll file the paperwork
1: Let's do it
0: <laughs> We need a name we need a name yeah. first off
1: Yeah it's got to and it's got to indicate our rebellious nature that like will will do anything for money <laughs> 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 Hors for kids
0: yeah that's it with a number four
1: yeah yeah where because do we we're put rebellious. oh well, whores for kids yeah right <laughs> I like the you know the kind of rhyming in it like whore and four rhymes whores for kids and it's like we don't necessarily hire we are whores for kids like we will do anything for money we,
0: we are the whores yes we yes, are the whores perfect and we,
1: and we might hire whores if it comes to that if we deem your Jesus wish Christ. for a whore uh as one that we're gonna grant
0: but it's
1: it's funny you mentioned that like someone's got to pick up the slack there uh, because (laughs) i found this before i jump to our source and her official answer i found this on the independent irish news site uh the independent.ie from christmas eve interestingly enough in 2001 child psychologists in australia have condemned a colleague's decision to allow a 15 year old boy with terminal cancer to have sex with a prostitute before he died. (laughs) The case sparked an intense ethical debate while arousing... Interesting choice of words there. While arousing considerable public sympathy, the identity of the boy who died last week and the psychologist have not been disclosed as the specialist concedes that what happened was illegal. So he was like, I know this was illegal, but I also made it happen.
0: (laughs) Oh my
1: God. I know,
0: pretty wild. I not only know it was illegal, but yes, I did break the law.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm not going to tell you anything about, but even though (laughs) the kid is dead too. And I think it had more to, I don't think the, I don't know. I don't know. I I read more about it. it, and again, this is one of those where I'm like, how true is this? You know, you can only find it's one of those where you find one story, and then you find twelve stories that just reference that one story or the eleven other stories that are also about it. It's like it makes it true because we're all talking about it. It's like no, you're talking in circles. You're just referencing each other. That, that doesn't. make So I, I couldn't find a ton of corroborating evidence that it happened, but uh, it did play into our uh, our our homework there. But so um, I asked our make a wish source who was familiar with this episode and this clip of from curb your enthusiasm no um, way yeah yeah i mean you got to imagine if you know it, it probably popped up and i know she worked for him for a long time and this is just like oh six right or something so yeah um yeah so she says we don't have a policy a policy for this exact situation but this type of request is commonly asked about by people when you tell them you work for make-a-wish so oh it is God. yeah so as, as you <laughs> might imagine it's like the um i don't know who's the most famous person you ever met thing or how early do you get up i'm trying to think of the typical radio questions that we get that we're very tired of getting it's like the number one question that people ask make-a-wish people when they find out they work for make-a-wish um <laughs> A question like this, along with another one that everyone asked regarding a young uh, young man becoming a man as his wish, so like the Australian kid we just talked about, um, would not be approved, really for obvious reasons. Not only does Make-A-Wish have to approve the wish, but so does the child's family. I honestly can't imagine a parent thinking this request would be okay. <laughs> as far as I'm aware, a wish like this has never been fulfilled. Oh, also, man. at least not by Make-A-Wish. This Australian doctor, on the other hand... Um, <laughs> Also, as far as I'm aware, no child has ever asked for a wish like this. It's something that other people like to pretend is a wonderful wish, which is pretty funny. Like, so Larry <laughs> David thought, oh, this is hilarious. A kid's going to have to see boobs. And that's that's hilarious. But he's far from the first person to ever think of it. She said, it's just like when I used to tell men that I worked for Make-A-Wish and their comment in a sinister voice was always, oh, I've got a wish. Ugh.
0: This, of course, was Ew. in my
1: much younger days. Exactly. <laughs> So that is kind of like the you've got a face for radio joke that everyone thinks they're the first to to say to you when you mention you work in radio. Um, (laughs) Oh, I've got a wish. Uh, We have had to. Oh, I, I did ask, did you ever have to turn down a wish? And she said, we have had to turn down wishes. The reasoning was either health related and that it wasn't a safe wish for the child. So like the doctor said, oh, they're not up to it or whatever the case, or perhaps meeting a celebrity that does not do wishes. It was very rare to not be able to fulfill a child's wish except during COVID. Mm. And I said, what is the most surprising wish you were able to grant? I think as far as it would be a surprise, it would have to be the child that wished to have a caboose. I never imagined anyone asked for something like that, but we were able to fulfill it. He was in his late teens and wanted a project that he and his dad could work on together. The outside was refurbished by the company that donated it, but the inside was left for the kid and his dad to do. So that is uh, some inside info from our – because I did ask. I did ask. You know, I was like, do you want to be on? You could be – or we could mention your name. And she was like, probably want to remain anonymous. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> I don't blame her. I don't yeah, blame yeah. her, especially with how this episode has gone so far.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it, that did remind <laughs> me of something else funny that I saw in one of those Reddit threads that was like, if a Make-A-Wish kid asked for a blowjob, what would they do? Jesus and Christ. one of the responses was, call John Cena. <laughs> you know, Good fucking God. Which I thought was hilarious, you know, because he doesn't turn anything down. He's got, like, the record for most, you know, he'd be like, oh, God damn it, all right, I guess I got it. <laughs> I just thought that was a funny, a funny response.
0: There's there's a joke in there somewhere about a, a five knuckle shuffle. Hey oh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um so that that's all the homework that we had. I did find this bit of trivia on the IMDB page, and I went back and confirmed it after the credits of the smoking jacket, there's a post credit sequence. Larry and Jeff are shown throwing what? Larry's mattress in a dumpster. Yeah. So tying into the whole everything andy touches he contaminates definitely having <laughs> sex in larry's bed uh, oh, falls yeah, under that umbrella right. oh and so god i was like oh my gosh i didn't even i watched you know i watched more of the credits than i even watched i even watched the cast list where i you know went on that rant about bobby sue and i didn't get to the very end where jeff and Larry, you know the post credit sequence is so rare and curb but now i guess we got to watch for it oh god yeah. fine yeah. Yep.
0: Tim. I I barely made it on time to this record. I, I was rolling. I was rolling credits on Frolic uh, at five oh one. Wow. I I only got the time to, to watch for a post credit scene that may or may not exist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was I was surprised. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go back and and verify this. And sure enough, there it is. So. <laughs> um. I did. I did find this out about Gary Player's jacket. Uh, that has an interesting story and just goes to show you what a huge golf nerd Larry David is. Like if you've ever, I remember I was at a gym, so it was a very long time ago, but I was at a gym and the golf channel was on one of the like six TVs they had for some reason. I'm like, is there anybody, there's somebody watching the golf channel. Why does this have to be on one of the TVs? (laughs) Why can't it be on like a movie channel or something? But no, but Larry David was on and it's like golf seems to be the one thing he loves in life. Like he Hmm. just, I mean, if that comes through a little bit on the show, but definitely when I was watching him talk about it and you know, he is as obsessed as he is on the show in real life. And just like, I feel like it's the one thing that brings him joy in this entire world. Everything else just like tears (laughs) him down except golf. Um, But so get this masters champions are typically allowed to take their green jacket off the grounds of Augusta national golf club for only one year after winning. Gary Player, who's Australian, as you can tell, famously broke that rule in 1961. He became the tournament's first international winner. I'm sorry, he's not Australian. He's South African. And uh, (laughs) he said he did not know that he had to return the jacket. So after winning, he packed the jacket, took it home to South Africa, and then a year later got a call from the club chairman, Cliff Roberts, who said... That he was supposed to leave it there, and Gary Player said, I didn't know you are supposed to leave it there. Next thing you know, there was a call from Mr. Roberts, and he says, here's how the exchange went. Gary, do you have the jacket? I said, yes, I do. He said, well, no one ever takes the jacket away from here. And I said, well, Mr. Roberts, if you want it, why don't you come fetch it? And so Roberts said, he kind of chuckled and said, just don't wear it in public. So that's the story of how <laughs> Gary Player became the only person to keep no, his augusta God. master's championship jacket yeah <laughs> but as we see in in curb it is at his la residence so i don't know so that is all uh trivia and tidbits and homework and stuff like that let us now consult the book and we have in this episode this is interesting actually this is maybe the first in this episode tidbit in a couple seasons (laughs) Mm -hmm. curb rented the playboy mansion for $15,000 oh my god yeah so that's interesting they had $15,000 yeah I don't know whether that's high or low it it honestly sounds kind of low I don't know how long they needed to film there probably just a day but it also is interesting that they needed to pay up anyway you know, that they weren't, oh, yeah, Playboy Mansion. It's basically a movie set these days anyway, Actually, so.
0: Yeah, now that uh, now that you mention it, I mean, I guess that kind of flies in the face of us thinking this was purely promotional material for right. the Girls Next
1: Door television show. If it was, I feel like it would just be, you know, yes. covered by E, wouldn't it? Yeah, probably. I mean, there probably was a conversation somewhere, and that's why I think, like, 15000 is kind of low. But there probably was a conversation somewhere that was like, yeah, we've got this show – your parent company and our parent company or our blah, 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 you know? And, and then, and then they just decided to, to film it there to, you know, like maybe HBO said, Hey, we've got, we've got Hugh Hefner. Anybody that wants to write an episode around the playboy mansion, let us know, you know, that kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and curb a uh, bit took the bait. Uh, yeah, Hugh Hefner, so. Hugh Hefner was anxious about appearing on the show until he found out that a group of playboy bunnies were big fans. So there you go. Some of the, Some of the playmates were big fans of Curb Your Enthusiasm. So he was like, all right, we'll do it. (laughs) Uh, And so those are the only two little bits. We just get some Larry in action where Larry and Lewis Lewis's doctor talk bedside about the comatose patient where Larry pushes him to pick a timeline for when Lewis Lewis might either pull through or pass away. And also that a barber comes in and uh, shaves him. The hospital employs a barber. There we go. That is all from the book. All right. Do we get any news or anything this episode? No,
0: I don't think I saw any news. All right. Well, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show despite the last eh, 20 or so minutes being exclusively research and bullshit. We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episodes and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 20 years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over anything, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at nohugging on Twitter or nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com. Both of those links are down in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please give us a 5-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or a 5-star rating on Spotify. It really does help out the show, helps new people find us just via the app, if you use either of those apps, that is. If you want to support us, but maybe you want to throw us a little money, you can do so over at patreon.com slash nohugging, where for 5 bucks a month, you can get early and extended access of every single episode what do I mean by extended access? I mean the episodes are going to be longer because it's going to have all the stuff that we did not cut out. All the stuff that we were, uh, you know, a little too afraid to put on the free feed for all the all the normies to, <laughs> to listen to.
1: People <laughs> we don't trust.
0: Yeah, yeah. The people who will uh, maybe backstab us with all the information <laughs> they know. Yeah. <laughs> uh but again that's patreon.com slash no hugging uh you also get movie reviews which uh we have yet to record one for the month of february uh, um tim I, I left that in your in your hands to decide what you want to do and oh damn you haven't, okay you haven't let me know yet
1: <laughs> i did not know that <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll figure I, I mean, that
0: out. yeah we, we can wait till we can wait till next week if you want hopefully you're uh feeling and sounding yes. a little better next probably week. a good
1: idea yeah <laughs>
0: I want to give a shout out to our current patrons, starting with Nate Collins, Tamara Ortiz, the guys and gals over at the Idiotville Podcast, John and Kathleen Murphy, Tim's dad and mom, Will Hall, Danica Lagorio, J-Dog Conlord, Nick Kudla, Adam Webb, Nate Collins' other email address, at least until March 1st. That's when we kick him the hell out of there. (laughs) And finally, Megan Stolarski. Thank you guys so much. If you want to join them, once again, patreon.com slash nohugging. All that being said, Tim, Season 5, Episode 7, The Sater, uh, which um, Apple really doesn't like trying to spell Sater. Oh,
1: no, not anti-Semitic yeah. Apple again.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. They they, they want to spell it S-A-T-Y-R. Oh, like which, the
1: mythical creature.
0: Yeah. So, like, it's... Is <laughs> it, it, <it's> Apple's speech-to-text <laughs> anti-Semitic, but... Pro-Greek mythology? <laughs> yeah. Is that is that where I'm... Don't, is that what no, I'm assuming? Now we know, yeah.
1: They <laughs> worship the old gods.
0: So, okay, yeah. Season 5, Episode 7, The Seder. Original air date, November 13th, 2005. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see
1: Larry Ruffles Feathers by inviting a sex offender to a satyr. Hmm. It's not bad. I think we can make it better, though, by broadening okay. it a little bit. But we'll see when we get to the end. Um, By the way, we're sort of on timeline. We're sort of lined up because, like you mentioned, today is Fat Tuesday. That means tomorrow's Ash Wednesday. That means that the Easter season is underway, which usually coincides with, you know, the whole uh, Passover thing. And Passover this year is the 6th of April. So we're we're sort of, I mean, I know that's a, a month away. At least a little over a month away from when we're recording this, but <laughs> um, but still, we're like you know in the middle of all that Exodus stuff that was yeah that yeah. was going on
0: all that Exodus stuff,
1: <laughs> all the stuff from Exodus, all those great yeah. the Ten Commandments and so on and so <laughs> forth. So um, so we open up with Larry who is outside his house and he ropes himself begrudgingly into helping his neighbors with their groceries and. I mean, I understand in the Hollywood sense why it happened this way, because they didn't have permission to go into the house across the street. They have just bought this one house and closed yeah. off this one section of the street. <laughs> but he's helping them by taking the groceries out of their car and putting them on their lawn. In fact, yeah. everybody is, is doing that. Everybody is putting the groceries on the lawn.
0: <laughs> what is the it's point just, in
1: this? I know, it's hilarious. It, it It doesn't make much sense, except when you realize, oh, they just... Didn't want to rent out another house to go into, like. But it's, it's but it's it's not going to save them any time or effort. <laughs> it's like, actually
0: it's going to be harder yeah. because now instead of picking them up from an elevated position in yes. the trunk of your car, you're going to be picking them up off of the ground, and they which are is elderly. The ground
1: and they are elderly, and also park in your driveway and just go in, yeah, what you know, the or your hell? garage. Like I'm sure. <laughs> yeah i'm sure you've got a garage you know you're rich you're in la (laughs) it doesn't make any sense except from a production standpoint so uh but they do tell him a bit of news did you see did you hear that a sex offender has moved into the neighborhood because i guess they handed out some flyers or whatever uh and let them know and and larry's kind of bummed that it's a bald guy because it's gonna you know set the bald (laughs) community back that the sex offender is also (laughs) bald and he asked his neighbors if they happen to see his paper his newspaper because he hasn't gotten it in 6 days and the neighbor says yeah guy in a suit i saw walk by and pick up your newspaper and since he was in a suit we figured that it was someone you knew because why would a criminal like wear a suit but larry's like well you know if you see him would you recognize him or, or you know if you see him again and uh, they're like yeah sure we'll we'll keep an eye out Uh, Leaving lunch with Jeff, which I was able to tell was at Cafe Vida, which is still at 15317 Antioch Street in Pacific Palisades. It is a Latin American restaurant that opened in 2002 at this location. So happy 21st birthday, Cafe Vida. And there's um, three locations total in the greater Los Angeles area. Uh, But Larry and Jeff are there, and Cheryl is doing a Passover Seder. Which Larry uh, and Jeff kind of chuckle at because, as we know, she is from a Christian background, and so, but she's just kind of doing this for Larry and his dad. Uh, Jeff, he wants to know if Jeff is coming, and and Jeff says his brother-in-law is going to be in town, but he warns Larry that he's and he does a little hand, eh, he does a little hand back and forth thing, <laughs> which Larry picks up right away. It means conservative.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Not where I thought this was going. Yeah, but, I know. You know, I know. I'm, I'm glad it's not what I thought was gonna be come yeah. up.
1: Yeah, it is. You know what? At one point, the hand motion you might have used if you were uh, referencing a homosexual. He's a little, eh, you know, but it's conservative in this case. Uh, but he's going to come to the seder. Everybody's welcome. Uh, Larry tries to buy a newspaper since his was stolen, and he is helped out by Rob Corddry. Yes. Here we are. Look at this. Yeah. Bald man. It comes up to
0: Larry. Do, do you think Larry immediately knows who who this man is in uh, only recently talking with uh, with the elderly couple across the street?
1: Yes. And I wish we would have seen the flyer so that we yeah would have known for sure. But just Larry's reaction, like he freezes. He's like, ah, ah, ah. but Rob Corddry like, couldn't be friendlier. He's like, are you... Larry David, oh my gosh, I'm a huge Seinfeld fan, and that wins Larry David over immediately. Like <laughs> Rob Corddry, just yeah, defense is down. That's yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> he's just he won't stop flattering him, and Larry just buys into the whole thing. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. And you know, I like that episode too. And and uh, Rob Corddry's name is actually Rick Leftowitz. So uh, that is uh, the sex offender's name. Then back at home. Uh, Larry is prepping the seder, and oh, by the way, uh, the the sex offender. You know, Larry. So Larry put some coins in, and then Rick came up and you know was like, "Let me help you out. These machines they are always eating money. Here you go. Here's thirty five cents or whatever." And Larry gets his paper out and he's holding it up and he's like, "Do you want to get?" And he's like, "No, no, no. I'll, I'll close it and, and put more money in. Don't worry about it." So he's very conscious of the law, and not stealing, at least in in that aspect, which is. They wrote this character very well. They wrote the sex offender yeah. very well because he's super friendly. He follows the law. You know, you can trust him um, it, to an extent. You know, but then he's also a sex offender. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm glad they didn't not to turn a phrase, but I'm glad they didn't cut the balls off of the sex offender <laughs> by finding out that like you know he he peed on a street. You know, he peed behind a bar or something which put him on the sex offender list. You know, I'm glad that like he might've done something really bad to put him on the sex offenders list, you know?
0: Well, th- th- there's uh, there's our soundbite for, for this episode. <laughs> Tim, Tim Murphy quoted in saying, I'm glad they didn't cut the balls off the sex offender.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so back at home, Cheryl is prepping the Seder and Marla and Mark. She tells Larry are back together. This couple that they know, and have there, we met
0: Marla and Mark prior we, to this? Be-
1: we have not, as far as I okay, know. I don't I, think we've met Marla I, or Mark.
0: Okay, I was going to say, like, the names sounded familiar, but I could not remember. I mean, we'll get to it whenever they they show up for the first time. I couldn't remember if we saw the actor who plays Mark
1: in I know this.
0: Uh, we, which was very, very fun that, uh, that that actor and Rob Corddry show up in the, in the same episode together.
1: Yes, yeah. We would have definitely mentioned if we'd seen Mark before. The only time I think we may have seen Marla before is maybe when Cheryl goes out with her friends. Okay. Um, I'm gonna write that down. I'm writing down Rob Corddry, of course, just because this seems like you know early career for for Rob Corddry. Maybe not though. Like, I feel like Anchorman was probably out at this point. I'm gonna say I'm gonna look it up, but I'm gonna say it leans cameo. I'm gonna say Rob Corddry might even be solidly cameo in this. Uh, at I this think point Anchorman was
0: 2004, so yeah, yeah. this is
1: definitely. This is
0: definitely into his career. This is like
1: peak Rob Corddry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I'm going to say this uh, this, this is the solidly cameo at this point. And, uh, but so we might have seen Marla before. Maybe I'll look it up uh, for next week. But they're back together, and Marla and Mark are coming to the Seder together. Uh, Larry did not follow through. He's kind of worried he didn't follow through on Mark's Christmas gift. He got him a subscription to the New York Times, but I guess not really because he never – you know, I guess he never actually filled it out. What did he just give him a card that says, you know, you've been given a gift of the, the New York Times and then just never I went guess, and actually subscribed? Yeah. yeah. It's not really explained. <laughs> but but then he's like, wait a second. They, they moved into the neighborhood. I bet Mark is the one stealing my paper to get back at me for not following through on the Christmas gift. Uh, and then Larry says, you know, I should invite Mac and Ethel, the neighbors across the street, because if you are Jewish, you should invite other Jews that don't have anything to do on the Seder or another state to go to, you're supposed to invite him to your house. I loved this bit here where Cheryl goes, oh, I don't know what to do with you people and your these traditions. Uh, and Blair's <laughs> like, what, you people? And Cheryl's like, oh, I'm sorry, you Jews. And he's like, better, <laughs> much better. <laughs> that was a very real husband and wife mixed yeah, marriage conversation. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, so at a grocery store, which I was able to figure out was Ralph's Fresh Fair, And I think I even discerned the exact location because they have several in the L.A. area still. But going off the fact that the restaurant was in Pacific Palisades, I took a crapshoot and looked up Ralph's Fresh Fair in Pacific Palisades. And sure enough, this one is still at 15120 Sunset Boulevard in Pacific Palisades. So they kind of just stayed in that area and and filmed a bunch, uh, all of their um, on-location stuff, I guess, this time. Uh, and it's there that Larry runs into Rick again. And Rick, again, very helpful, helping Larry carry. He, he didn't get a card. He's he's struggling with his groceries, and, and Rick is right there to help him and puts his groceries in the back of his car and then notices the golf clubs. And Rick loves golf. He even offers to help Larry with his four iron. Larry's like, no, I'd, I'd, I switched out my four iron for a nine- Iron, I can't hit with the four. I'm worthless with it. And 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 Rick is like, oh, I I have you wouldn't believe the setup I have in my backyard. I have a video camera and a net and we can work on that. We can go right now if you want. And Larry even he this is where, again, he sort of hesitates on how close he is getting with Rick. But, you know, he's like, oh, you, do you have a car? And Rick's like, no. He's like, OK, I'll I'll give you a ride. And so now he's got <laughs> the sex offender is inching himself further and further into Larry's life. So now he's in the car uh, over at Rick's he did with all of his great tools fix Larry's swing. He asks what Larry is doing for Passover and Larry knows he doesn't have anywhere to go, so he invites him to the Seder at his house
0: yeah I uh I, I did like how uh Larry reluctantly invites him and Rick and this is how I wrote it in my in my notes. "Quote unquote," reluctantly accepts. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Oh no. I I mean, yeah. If if you if you don't, it's not too much trouble. And then, and he's also bringing latkes too. I'll make latkes. Um, Back at home, Larry explains to Cheryl, who is understanding, until she finds out. He's like, "I invited somebody else to the seder," and she's like, "Oh, that's fine." Now that she knows the tradition and that that Larry's like kind of into it, the fact that Larry's being just a little sentimental, I think, is is giving him a pass until she finds out that it is a sex offender. Um, Yeah, she's even happy that, like, Larry met a friend. She's like, I'm just happy you're meeting people. Yeah, Uh,
0: she's really, like, (laughs) you know, really somber -er and, like, really sincere in that moment. She's like, I'm just happy that you met a friend. It doesn't happen too often. Oh, and by the way, he's a registered sex offender.
1: What? (laughs) And then I love that Larry pulls up. what would Jesus do on her? That was so funny. Uh, So later at the Seder, which rhymes in a fun way, uh, Larry is talking to Stanley Tobolowski, who people might remember as the wacko New Age doctor from Seinfeld, who turns George purple with some tea. And I'm I'm sorry. Are you referring to Tor Ekman? Uh, Oh, Tor Ekman. Thank you. I can't believe I forgot his name. (laughs) Yes. Nice pull. This one, is of the, one of the
0: only uh, Funko Pops I own is from that scene.
1: Oh, the, you have the George one. I was
0: like, wait, did they make a Tor Ekman Funko Pop? <laughs> oh, if they did, that'd be incredible.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, this, and it is the second Groundhog Day alumni that we've had this season. Because remember, the, the person who owns the Airbnb played Larry's bingo partner, uh, the one who fixed the bingo game with uh, the... The person in uh, (laughs) Nat's nursing home. So yeah, yeah, little little Groundhog Day action here. Stanley is the conservative brother-in-law, and he's telling Larry, "I can't believe this hasn't made the rounds again. Like this sounds like something QAnon made up. Like the the rule of seventy-seven years that every seventy-seven years we get a great president. So it started with George Washington. Like that's the kind of numerology those people, I guess, have always been filleting for like as long as." (laughs) For for like all those years that that conspiracy was like bubbling under, and now that the mask is off and they can just be openly QAnon, it was like they literally did have stuff like this. I had no idea. But so every seventy seven years we get a great president, and so it started with George Washington, and then FDR, and then W, no, then, then 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 Lincoln, <laughs> oh, then Lincoln, then, FDR then, then, FDR, then FDR, then W. Yeah, I skipped a little yeah. bit there. Uh, then W, George W. Bush. Yeah, oh my Jesus gosh.
0: Christ. <laughs>
1: Oh man, just hilarious! Um, I, I would be very surprised. In fact, I want to like join Parlor just to rewrite that rule <laughs> to make it seem like Trump is going to be reelected next year. I'm like, it's every you know, just subtract Trump from I don't know W maybe, or subtract Trump from Reagan probably, and then and then subtract those years. Hopefully, land on another Republican and just uh, make people think that that I'm Q or something.
0: Well no, Tim, don't you see W is equal to the number twenty three because there's twenty six al- there's twenty six letters in the in the American alphabet. Yeah. So you have to take twenty three, multiply that by seventy seven, yeah. in which you get the number ninety nine. No, excuse me, eighty nine. <laughs> Who was born in nineteen eighty nine, Tim? Trump. Uh one of Trump's uh girlfriends, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, probably. I, I, I don't like,
1: know. One of Trump's girlfriends I... in 99. <laughs> <Ugh>. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I was looking up to see
0: like what year that the Trump children were born. Oh. No. Ivanka's 81. Let's see. Siblings? There's no siblings for her. Eric oh. Trump. Is Eric the youngest? Eric Trump, born I mean,
1: 1984. Tiffany might be your, your best bet.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay, let's see. Tiffany... Trump, born, uh,
1: 1993. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. You're obviously not Q. No,
0: I I am not. (laughs) Uh, well now I have to throw out my, my laptop because I'm just every single member of the Trump family and their birthdays. I can't wait for your algorithm
1: to start picking that up. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. So after, uh, talking to Jeff's conservative brother-in-law, he begins making the rounds, and he starts talking with Mark, a.k.a. Rob Hubel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'll have to write him down, too, to see where where he was uh, as far as his career goes, because he's never really done anything on the level that Rob Cordry has done, I feel like. What do you think? I feel like, I don't know if this would be like skew cameo or not like because i don't think rob hubel's ever risen to the heights of calling his appearance in something a cameo it's just like rob hubel was cast in this you know what i mean
0: yeah i don't know i mean he is kind six. of like the same level of fame as as rob cordry yeah i i think anyway
1: i mean well that's what i was wondering because like we were just talking about rob cordry being an anchorman which was actually absolutely gigantic what Okay, so I was looking at his IMDb. Was he an Anchorman? Rob Kort... Oh, my God. I'm getting him mixed up with David Koechner. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, I was going to say, Tim. Oh, my God! Like, I don't
0: think he was an Anchorman. Maybe in the second one, I... where they have, like, the Newsman <laughs> fight with all four stations.
1: Yeah, they do that in the first and, one, too, but he's definitely not a part of it.
0: Uh, Yeah, well, it's only, like, two... It's only two stations. In the, in the second one, there's four or five different stations, and they have, like... They, they had to cast, like, 20 different, like... Uh, bit players. The uh, second one, from...
1: the second one brings it to a different. Oh, you mean there's two oh there's only two extra in addition to Vince Vaughn. Wait a minute, there's three. There's Ben Stiller in the Spanish News. There's NPR and there's Luke Wilson who is like in the third place uh, statement uh, station. And then there's Vince Vaughn and uh, Ron Burgundy. Is that so all in there's, there's, the first movie? Yeah, there's five in the first one. Yeah.
0: Jesus. Okay, so there must be like eight or yeah, something in, they in the second one. It. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it goes on way too long.
1: Yeah, so I always mix up those dudes because they're both bald, and I think they were both on The Daily Show. I want to say, wasn't Keckner on The Daily Show?
0: Oh, oh God. Probably. It seems like every comedian of that era did a stint on The Daily Show.
1: I'm I'm just trying to, like, uh, justify my fuck-up. (laughs) Keckner Daily Show. No, he might not have been... On The Daily Show. Are these all movies or? Oh, television. Okay. Mad About You. The Norm Show. Curb. Oh, he... oh yeah. That's right. David Koechner was already on an episode of Curb. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, okay, well, I, I guess David Koechner was not on The Daily Show either. I have no idea why. It's just because they're bald, funny guys who got famous around the same time. That's literally the only reason I mix up Rob Corddry and David Koechner. <laughs> God. <laughs> so, all right, so now I am interested to see what Rob Corddry was up to in 2005 or six. So, yeah, I think you're right about them being the same level of fame. So maybe it doesn't lean cameo for either of them. It just leans casted. They've been cast in – Yeah in Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> um, and it's not like, oh, this, fam-. it's not like, well, even those were longer stints. It's not like, I don't know. Oh, and Bancroft being on an episode of Curb. You know, cause she was on that like one little episode because she's married to Mel Brooks who was on a couple episodes, but that was cameo because she's a legendary actress. This was just like, we need funny people uh, who are going to speak a lot and have a lot of experience. You two guys will do. Get in here. Um, <laughs> so we'll look and see uh, maybe where they were uh, at. Larry Asmark Mark, who is a cosmetic surgeon, if he ever gets aroused when he is like working on like a pair of breasts or when he's working on someone's body and and Mark rightly calls that an inappropriate question because he does not, because he's a professional. (laughs) Um, It's kind of twisted of Larry to ask anyway. Like would he ask a gynecologist if he got aroused? Like that's just gross. It's just gross to think about. Larry does ask him about stealing his paper. And Mark denies that he's the guy stealing his paper. And we get a classic Larry stare down here. Uh, and then the doorbell rings. And it is Rick. And as he enters, the entire party is just staring at him at the front door. So it is awkward immediately as he introduces himself uh, around the room. Uh, then comes in Mac and Ethel, the elderly neighbors from across the street, who I love Mac bitching about everybody parked and and, and Larry even saying like, well, where are you going tonight? Huh? Nowhere.
0: Yeah. It looks like you're coming over here, right? Yeah. So you're not driving anywhere. So what's the point? He's got a very good point. (laughs)
1: Like anybody who's parked legally in front of someone else's house has the right of (laughs) way. And, And anybody who bitches about it, it's like people who bitch about people putting trash in their trash can when it's out by the curb. What do you, (laughs) I never understood that. It's all going to go to the same place. Yeah. Are you eating out of that later or something like it? Why do you care if trash is mixed in? Why do you care if a street of a car is parked legally in front of you? As long as they're not blocking in your driveway, it matters not at all, especially when you are not going anywhere like Mac and Ethel. But it's so funny that they're like the curmudgeon. Like Cheryl didn't want them coming to the Seder because she doesn't like them. And now we know why they're the they're the constant complaining uh, neighbors. Um, And, you know, what's funny, I think we live in the house of the constant complaining neighbor that, like, moved out, like everyone, everything, everyone around here tells us about the person who lives in the house that we live in is like she was the Mac and Ethel of this neighborhood, which is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, Larry says offers, you know, wants them to take a look around specifically Ethel to see if she recognizes anybody. And she does. She recognizes not Mark, but he's talking to Mark, Rick, and she faints when she sees the sex offender. Uh, and <laughs> Max says, well, you know, when this this happens, she just gets excited or something. And it's just going to be a couple hours. We just got to let her sleep it off. Uh, and Larry then tries to wake her up, which I thought was funny. He like waits till everybody leaves the room and then he goes, hey, or something. Uh, yeah. And, well, he,
0: Here he just like tries snapping. Yeah, and clapping that's right. And yeah, snapping and, <laughs> that's right. Uh, it escalates, though.
1: Yeah, so down at the Seder. Um, see, this is why I meant to watch the episode again today, and I didn't. Aww. I totally forgot. Oh, oh, so during the Seder, it's time for this is not a sex offender joke. Larry wants to play hide the matzah, <laughs> oh my which does God, sound like damn. a euphemism, right? He wants to play hide the Matza with the kids.
0: <laughs> Stop it. Stop. <laughs> I wouldn't even thought that if you didn't lead in with that.
1: Uh, it's just the way I wrote it. I was like, Larry wants to play hide the matzah. But it's weird. It's something about a Seder. And again, we're learning about, you know, this is this podcast could be called Two Waspy Guys Learn About the Jewish Faith Through Curb Your Enthusiasm. But I did not know this was a thing. Uh, but evidently, whoever finds the matzah gets a dollar from Uncle Larry. <laughs> uh, and the brother-in-law, as he's coming out of the bathroom, sees where Larry is hiding the matzah. And all the kids, like, kind of run around, and, and they check the foyer, uh, and and even the brother-in-law's son looks in the bookcase where Larry hid the matzah, but then they all run upstairs to keep looking for the matzah. Uh, and the paper comes up, again, the fact that Larry's paper keeps going missing, and and Larry sort of is, is you know, what's the word? He's um, provoking. He's trying to provoke Mark, because they're talking about the paper going missing, and Larry gets Mac to mention that Ethel would definitely recognize whoever is stealing the pizza, if she ever, a pizza, the paper, whoever <laughs> is stealing the paper, if she ever saw him again. And Mark kind of like chokes on uh, the drink that he is drinking. And he appears to be getting a little nervous. Uh, I don't know if it's here in the next scene, but like he starts
0: sweating profusely.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's, he's looking a little shifty. So upstairs... All the kids are searching the room that Ethel is laying down in and Larry shooes them <laughs> out of there and then tries reviving Ethel by jumping on the bed, laying on her, uh, playing bongos loudly, and uh, everybody can hear what's going on. Back at the table, unsuccessfully, he has not been able to rouse uh, Ethel, but Mark all of a sudden gets a page, quote unquote, even though we don't hear any beeping or vibrating or anything. Uh, and he has an emergency he has to attend to, but meanwhile, the brother-in-law's kids kid finds the matzah, and so as Mark walked, uh, I'm sorry, Larry walked Mark to the door to see him out, letting him know that he's on to him. Um, Rick comes into the foyer and tells Larry that he saw. Stanley Tobolowski tell his kid where the matzo was or at least whisper something to him. And then the kid ran right back to the bookcase and found it. So Larry accuses the kid of this and accuses uh, the conservative brother-in-law of cheating. But then the elephant in the room is exposed because in the middle of Sammy, uh, the fact that like, you know, the, that Larry invited a sex offender to the Seder. But in the middle of all the yelling, Sammy starts choking, and um, Susie asks if anybody knows mouth-to-mouth. And, of course, Rick raises his hand and says, I do, which is an awkward moment. Do you save your kid by letting a sex offender give them mouth-to-mouth? <laughs> only, Larry, only the twisted mind of Larry David would uh, bring up this complicated moral quandary. Uh, the next morning, Larry... Uh, his paper is there it has not been stolen and he opens up to a story about a doctor who left a satyr to perform a life-saving emergency (laughs) surgery uh reattaching a hand that was taken off and that's when frolic starts to play but here's the weird thing i don't know if this paper was supposed to be visible as visible as it is maybe in the high def Oh, um, God. Upscaling because... What did you catch? That the doctor's name is Dr. Sidney Levine. And I'm oh! Like, That's not Dr. Mark whatever. Oh! I didn't even see that! Yeah, I'm like, now the ending makes <laughs> no sense to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, okay. Well, yeah. Why didn't they that write It completely Mark? changes their <laughs> intended ending. Yeah. Now it just proves that, like, oh, you know what? Sometimes... Cosmetic surgeons do have emergency surgeries because that was something that, that Larry doubted. He's like, what is it, an emergency boob job? And Mark trying to <laughs> you know, convince him that, well, you know, I have emergencies sometimes too. And that's the only thing this proves is sometimes cosmetic surgeons have emergency surgeries, yeah. it, not it Mark. It wasn't his emergency surgery, yeah. but sometimes they generally do have emergencies. <laughs> Do, like Dr. Sidney Levine did, who had to leave yeah. the Seder. I'm like, why did they do that? Unless, like, I wish, I didn't see anything in the story, but maybe I missed where it's like, Dr. Sidney Levine, whose middle name is Mark, and he sometimes goes by it or something. Like, Sidney <laughs> Mark Levine. Like, I don't, it's just, it just boggled my mind and, and really threw yeah, off that's, the entire that's end of the episode. weird. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah.
0: Ugh. Okay.
1: So that well, is it. Do we got any homework, Tim? Yeah, we'll uh, kind of do a, a shallow dive on Rob Cordry and Rob Hubel.
0: The and Robs.
1: The Robs, as they call them. And also, I believe they're both uh, Upright Citizens Brigade people from back mm. the day. I'm, I'm almost certain I saw Rob Hubel and maybe even Rob Cordry. I think they were part of the same troop that I saw. And again, this would have been like before. Well, like on their way to fame, I think, because I definitely knew who. Rob Cordry was, but I think I I, yeah, I think you might be getting Rob Cordry confused with
0: another famous funny bald man. Oh no. The troop that Rob Hubel was in,
1: human giant with Paul Shear. Of course, of course, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not (laughs) getting Actually I might be actually in this case. I think I am getting I think I did see Paul Shear and Rob Hubel. With somebody else at Upright Citizens Brigade a million years ago, like literally in in the year two thousand or something, uh, mm. on just a random I, I Tuesday mean, night. If it was if it was Human Giant, then it was also with Aziz. It was not Human Giant. It was they were called Ricardo Montoban or something, or, or Redondo, <laughs> or or Redondo Montoban or something like that. Something and, improv-y. Yeah, something very improv-y. But yeah, so I I think I did see him, and you're right, Paul Shear, a million years ago in at Upright Citizens. Um, but yeah, we'll see where they were. And also, did we ever see Marla before? Is she is Marla? Has Marla and Mark ever been talked about on Curb? Maybe that's who Cheryl went out with to the club when they broke up or something. That's it. All right, uh, what do you like for cover art this week? Uh, there's got to be a good shot of. See, there, there's great shots of everybody staring at Rick, but. rick's not in them which i think would be funnier
0: there's no shot of like rick like i don't know with everybody
1: yeah yeah uh so this is a tough one what are you thinking i
0: uh, i don't know
1: maybe larry getting help with his golf swing yeah in in rick's backyard yeah um
0: or or larry like struggling with his bags and rick helping him
1: yeah, I feel like something at the Seder would also be appropriate like because there's so many people there. There might be a good group shot at the Seder. That could be another option. Maybe a
0: group shot of both uh, of both Mark and Rick yeah, whenever, whenever Ethel's looking and zeroing in on the person that she yeah. recognizes. Yeah, because then we got our two big guest stars. That's true. That is very true. That is a very HBO Max thing of me to do. Yeah, really. <laughs> like their Joan <laughs> Rivers shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Tim. Let's see what we can do about this week's description. All right. So we had Larry ruffles feathers by inviting a sex offender to a Seder.
1: How about... See, I think we can broaden it and just say Larry's mixed... What do you call a Seder group? Like, like Larry's... Passover um, party? Passover party. Larry's... It's just funny alliteration. Passover party. Uh, a mixed... A mixed group at Larry's Seder ruffles feathers. <laughs> if we had come up with ruffled feathers, I'd, I think it would get vetoed we'd immediately. <laughs> we'd yeah. love it. I'd love it. You would veto it immediately. I'd be like, ugh,
0: yeah, no. I, I think if we if we if we'd come up with ruffled feathers, both of us would be like, oh my god, yeah, we're geniuses.
1: <laughs> it's it's also a phrase that I never say. So if it came no. out of my mouth, I would be shocked and. <laughs> Uh, that really ruffled my feathers. So, like, um, like, Larry's a mixed... Ah, oh, man. Larry invites a mixed... Larry's Sater is complicated by mixed company. What about that?
0: I don't mind that.
1: I think actually. it's okay, actually. Yeah. 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 I think...
0: Larry's Sater is complicated by mixed company.
1: Yeah. We could even say that David's Sater is complicated by mixed company yeah. if we want to. Yeah.
0: There we go. I mean, everyone's oh. hosting it
1: yeah the Perfect. David's Seder is complicated by mixed company and almost and is complicated as almost hilarity ensues it's almost ruffled feathers, you know, but <laughs> it's doing a lot of heavy lifting in other words, but I think it's it's got to be okay. I think it's good <laughs> uh all right, Tim did you like this episode? yeah, it was all right I mean it's a fun it's it's a funny exploration of an idea you could tell Larry David was like uh sex offenders. no one does that in sitcoms. Let me do that and see what I can can make with it yeah, and he made kind of a was, funny episode
0: yeah it, it was very it was very benchmark i felt like no not great doesn't uh, doesn't deserve a star i don't think but it, it's it's okay
1: yeah yeah it's simple and it it is self-contained and yeah it's it's just all right <laughs> all right Tim. next week
0: we have got season five episode eight the ski lift original <laughs> air date november 20th 2005 And if you're looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry and Jeff befriend the head of a kidney transplant consortium. Interesting. (laughs) This has us writing the description
1: all over it. Larry and oh, you mean rewriting it, or that sounds like one we'd come up with.
0: This sounds like one that we came up with. Ooh, a, a kidney transplant consortium. Con,
1: yeah. Consortium Jesus. would definitely be a word that I didn't want to use, but I can't think of the one I actually do want to use. So we just settle on I, it to get it over think, with. I don't think I've ever said the word consortium more
0: I, more in my life than I have right now.
1: Than just now, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, interesting. We will. Uh, I, I know that there is a ski lift involved in this episode. I remember the storyline and and it, and it will explore more. If I remember correctly, Judea uh, Judaism, uh, Judaic traditions and customs and mores. So uh, that'll be interesting for us to learn about. Um, is that it? Yeah, I think that is it. All right. For no hugging, no learning. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good.